Welcome to the Run, Eat, Repeat podcast. If you love running or eating, you'll love this show. Now, here's your host, Monica Olivas. Hello, and welcome back to the Run, Eat, Repeat podcast. My name is Monica Olivas, and you are listening to a Top 5 Friday episode. I'm switching it up this week outside of the Fast Friday because after the Pile on the Miles Challenge, I put out a poll to everyone to answer, just asking for feedback on the challenge and also what you needed. If you need motivation, if you need recipes, if you need strength workouts, or if you just want to know about my random personal life or all of the above. And I have been doing as much as I can to kind of fill those needs. I have the daily run report on Instagram and have been sharing more recipes. Strength training workouts are coming, I promise. And I have not been able to get to the questions that were given in that in the feedback of that poll. There was a section and not everyone left questions for sure, but there are a good number of questions and I think they are super awesome questions. Most of them are helpful to anyone who likes running or healthy living or food or monikins, all of the above. So I'm going to answer them here. I'm guessing I'm going to hit about five today. That's what I'm shooting for, but we will see how it goes. And I will try to bust through all of them as soon as possible, as quickly as possible, And that might be either in the next episode or an upcoming blog post. I will let you know because I want to make sure that you listen or are able to read your specific question. But let's get to it. Question number one is, the hardest part for me is pushing past my comfort level. I kind of get stuck and I don't know how to move past that. Help? Is that a question? (laughs) Because she put help with an exclamation point and a question mark. Is that a question? Yes, that is a question. I think your question is, how do I move past my comfort level? And I'm going to ask you a question right back. What is keeping you from pushing yourself past that comfort level? And that's a real question. It is, do you think it's a mental block that you think you can't? You can't push past six miles, right? That's just kind of where you think that's as far as I've ever run. It's as far as I can run. Or it could be a physical block where yeah, you get really uncomfortable after five miles and you can barely hit six miles because you haven't been running that distance long enough for it to be easy or you're just not at the level yet to push past that or you are not fueling properly to push past that. If there's a way to identify what you think is keeping you from that, that would be very helpful. Self-awareness is so, so important. Knowing your body and not losing your shit, basically, when it starts to break down is going to be wildly helpful as you start to run longer distances or try to run faster. Because there are going to be times in a race where your body is sending you signals, mayday, 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 stuff is falling apart. Junior Vegas, he responded to my mayday. And you need to know, am I injured? Am I tired? Am I being a baby? Am I about to die? Like, what are these things? Like, what is my body trying to tell you? It's really important to be self-aware. And you have a lot of time to hang out with yourself while you're running. So you have an opportunity to check in with yourself and always try to be a neutral observer. 
not super judgy. It's like as if you were watching yourself in a movie and you're seeing someone that is getting really discouraged, having a hard time running up a hill or is wussing out or should have done something differently or has an injury. Observe and learn from it and use that information. And that is all very deep philosophical stuff that I just said. But I also want to be very practical. I think that's really where my best self is, is just cut the BS and give you some really practical tips. And so what I would say is, if you can wear a heart rate monitor or note your heart rate, that will help you be able to tell how hard your body is working. Now beyond that, and that is very important, but I'm also very practical. And I just want to know, okay, how to fix it. If I was asking someone this, I would want to know specifically more than just these big ideas, right? So I'm going to be very practical and specific now. First, I would say if there's any way you have a heart rate monitor and you can wear that to assess, is your heart rate really going off the charts when you think you're working harder and your body is saying, yeah, this is a lot harder for me. This is why you are uncomfortable that's a huge sign to you. And you can learn a lot from that. If you don't have a heart rate monitor, that's cool. I don't. Actually, my watch might come with one. I don't know how to use it. I just, I use what I need to use. Um, beyond that, I would use effort level. When you are doing a run, gauge your effort level and push yourself out of your comfort zone with that, with a fartlek run. This is a perfect example of an easy way to kind of get used to getting out of your comfort zone, but not, I don't know, getting too crazy with it, obsessing about time or distance or anything like that, because you might want to take a baby step with this. And a fartlek run, if you're not familiar, I'm trying to think if I have done, I think I have in a previous Fast Friday episode, I will link to how more info if you just want to hear about that. But it is basically, it's a Swedish word for speed play. And it means when you're running, you do these spurts of speed work in with your run. And so it's not a set distance. A lot of times with other track work, you are doing 100 meters, 800 meters, something like that at a certain pace. This is you're running, you see a stop sign in the distance, you speed up to that. And then you get back to your usual pace again, or maybe your pace that you're comfortable with. And then you do that again. And that is something that you can do. And to really assess it, you can identify how hard are you normally working when you are on your average run. Let's say walking is at 25% and your normal run is 50% of your effort level, right? So taking a walk, you're at 20% of what you got to give. Running for the most part, you're giving 50%. If you are trying to run fast, you're at 75%. If you are running from your life from a bear, it's 100%. And that is like as much as you can do for a short period because it's do or die all out. If you usually hang out at 50%, run at 60 until the stop sign this time, right? Get back to 50% for a while until you feel comfortable and then do it again. And then next week, and you kind of, when you're building up speed and distance, You want to pick one or the other for the most part if you're new to this, if you are a newer runner or maybe you've been running for a long time, but you have not incorporated speed work or hill work 
in your running thus far. So this is new and it's going to be hard on your body. So you want to make sure that you're recovering well. And also you don't want to add both speed and distance at the same time. Both of them kind of apply the 10% rule, right? And this is to avoid injury. You definitely would rather not get injured. Like it's never worth it to get injured because you're trying to prove something. Okay. That's my little lecture for today. But do that a couple of times and then do it again next week. You know, so you want to start incorporating this more consistently. And maybe you add three spurts the first time and then the next time four, right? And you can add on it like that, or you can next week do 70% of your effort level or 65, whatever you fill, and build it up like this so that if there is any sort of mental game that you need to get stronger, that is going to build up your confidence. The more that you know, you know what? I can't, I can run faster. If you are using a watch and you see that normally you run a 10 minute mile, but for those speed sections, you are doing a 930 mile, building up your confidence helps you to run faster because you know that you can do it. So you're building up that trust with yourself and you are pushing past your comfort level and you're going to continue to do it if you see results. So I hope that is helpful. Like I said, I'm going to put more information in the show notes. I'm pretty sure I have more info on um, how to do a fartlek run. And I randomly right now picked 25%, 50%, 75% in terms of gauging your effort level. Most people do not use that measuring stick, but you know what? I use my own measuring tape. I (laughs) march to the beat of my own little maraca player. So this is how it popped in my head right now. But most of the time, there are different kind of scales that you can use, right? Identify what makes sense to you because this is about you and your body. But there's like on a scale of one to 10, like how much effort are you putting in? One is sitting down and 10 is running for your life. There's color-coded ones. I know there are heart rate ones. So whatever you're comfortable with, that's what you can use. You don't have to use this random example that I just gave. Also, you can use some sort of play on the good, neutral, bad that I've done in the past. So whatever works for you, use that to help you gradually step out of your comfort level and just keep building on that. And I hope that's helpful. Question number two is, what motivates you to keep going with the blog and social media? Um, There are two reasons. First of all, I really love it. I started the blog because I wanted to document training for my first full marathon and I wanted to document what I was eating because I knew those two things would work together to help me hit my goals. And they were separate goals for sure. I wanted to run one marathon just to prove it to myself that I could. Um, I wanted to lose weight. That had always been a huge, huge struggle in my life. As a mini side note, running a marathon is not the way to get to your goal weight. Oftentimes, when you're training for a marathon, you actually gain weight because you're hungrier. You don't have as much time to do strength training or other cross training exercises. I think you freaking deserve some pizza and donuts after you're running so much. And it is hard to gauge hunger levels and hydration levels. It's just really, really hard. And if you train for a marathon, you are training because you want to run a marathon, not because you want a certain number on the scale. So that's a little side note. But I started running repeat originally just to document training for my first marathon, losing weight. I didn't think 
I want this to be something I do all the time and I want to make a ton of virtual friends and I want this to turn into my new life. I never expected that. I did it because I was reading other blogs and message boards and thought, hey, I want to chime in and I could do that. And that looks like fun. And that's why I started it. So it's something I would do either way. But the big part two of this answer is the reality of the situation is Renny Repeat, the website, and the social media, my Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, LinkedIn, YouTube, all of those are how I make money. This is my job. So I don't really have a choice on some level. I need to I need to do it or I won't be able to pay my bills or I need to find another job. And that's definitely an option. I I don't think I'm going to be doing this when I am, you know, 44 years old. I used to say that I was going to die when I said I was going to feed myself to a bear when I was 40 something. I forgot. I need to look that up now because I don't want to be a liar. Not that I'm obligated. I don't think that was any sort of verbal contract, but that's I'm a little distracted by the random things I used to say. My point is that I have the time to do this because it is my job. It's not like I am going to school or work all day and then randomly spending time doing this extra social media. I really like it. I really do. I never think I don't want to. I have to make myself get off the phone, um, get off social media or not blog at certain times because I want to spend time with people in real life. But it is not like I am like, oh, thank God I can turn that off for a while. I really enjoy it. And it is also very important because and this is the way it happened. It's not like this was ever part of, like I said, my plan, but it is also how I make money. And I referenced this in a previous blog post because I think someone asked about it. And I'm definitely open to expanding on it if anyone wanted more information, either just out of curiosity or like, what is it? What are the realities of it? Because everyone always asks when I tell them what I do, they say, how do you make money? It's like blogging. Okay, but how do you make money? And it is through different things. It's through just people, the website traffic, you've seen my site, um, or affiliate links, even something like Amazon. Like I have Amazon affiliate links. And if you click on something that I mention, I get a small percentage of that. And it's not like a ton. And the price is the same to you. So I don't feel like I am charging you anything. uh, But it is very helpful to keep things up and running. And when you have a big readership, you need a big server. It just There are a lot of things that I put money into to keep this up and running that are just necessary. And luckily beyond that, it makes money as well. So that is partially what keeps me motivated. But let me know if you have any other questions, either just out of curiosity, you want to know, like, I'm just randomly curious how it works, how your life works, or if you want specific tips because this is something you want to do or you're doing right now and you want to know how I do it, feel free to ask. I am definitely open to specific questions, not just about this, but about running. You don't have to ask me, this is kind of a side note, um, how long do I need to taper for a half marathon? This actually was a question I just got. You can be more specific and give me more information like I missed a week of training here and I'm kind of thinking about taking just one week of taper before the half marathon so that I get in all my long runs versus my plan said two weeks. Like You can be very specific because I think it's just helpful in general 
to you for sure, but other people listening to know, hey, does that apply to me or is that kind of irrelevant? That's a little side note, but I will put a link in the show notes to my previous podcast episode where I talk about blogging. Next question. Number three, how to stay healthy while training for a marathon. I'm going to assume this is how do you stay healthy while training for a marathon. Um, I actually have seven tips because this I am very passionate about. This isn't by accident that I have so much energy and that I am able to run so many races. I prioritize rest and recovery and refueling and that's really important and you have to respect it, especially when training for a full marathon or for training for one of your first half marathons, your body doesn't know what's going on. So it's going to give you little signals or you're going to be more tired than normal or hungrier than normal or thirstier than normal or sore or just have less energy to clean the house. Like listen to your body. My big thing is, and I really love this, If you listen when your body whispers, you won't have to hear it scream. Listen to your body, respect it. And the reality is, if you are training to run 26.2 miles, you are training to run something that a lot of people, when they find out how long a marathon is, they say, I don't even drive that much in a day. This is a big deal. And even though I have done it in the past and you probably follow a ton of people who run marathons and get inspiration from them you are kind of, we all are being exposed to the idea of 13.1 miles or 26.2 miles. Running that distance is like normal, right? It's like a ton of people do it. It's not the big deal. It is a big deal. And you have to respect it every single time. I have always kind of likened the marathon to being like the ocean, right? And you could have grown up by the ocean. You could have always sailed a boat but it can still kill you. And that's the reality of it. And depending on the weather and depending on the skill of the skipper, depending on how the stars align, it can be amazing and the most gorgeous magical day of your life, or it can pick you up and (laughs) drop you and spit you out. And you're just like, what the heck just happened? So the most important thing to staying healthy is to take care of yourself. And it is not just your training plan of how much do you have to run in this day? And then you run that, whatever it says the next day and the next day. No, beyond that, after the running section of your marathon training, it is everything else. Like I said, I put a list of seven things. One, make rest and recovery a priority. This is part of your plan. And most plans don't have it written in there. They just give you what you need to run on any given day. You need to Make sure that you are filling in the blanks and send and setting aside time for the extra things, for making sure that you're getting enough rest and that is at night and that you are prioritizing recovery. And that includes yoga, massages, icing, foam rolling, um, putting your legs up. You might just have to put your legs up against a wall at a 90 degree angle when you get back from your long runs for a while. And if you realize that really helps with recovery, 
then you need to set aside an extra 10 minutes after every run in addition to the stretching and in addition to eating within 30 minutes after finishing your run, there are those things that you need to do. Make that a priority. Number two is to stay positive. I do think there's a lot to be said about mental health and being positive and that keeping you healthy. Our mental health and our physical health, I think, work together to keep us in a healthy place. And it is overwhelming. And there are times when you are training for a marathon or anything that is very demanding, or you're in a stressful time in your life, that it is really important to stay positive. I think that helps with overall health for sure. Number three, I kind of already mentioned this, treat your body like an athlete. If you are running 40 miles a week or however much it is on any given week, you are an athlete. If you are training for a half marathon or a marathon, you are an athlete and you need to treat yourself as such. And you know what? The reality is there are all kinds of athletes, right? Michael Phelps, when he was in the Olympics, I remember them talking about how many calories he would have to eat a day and he just getting crazy with it. And there are probably collegiate athletes that are pounding Skittles or whatever else. And then there are other ones that are completely prioritizing clean food and all organic and this perfect ratio of macros that they have researched diligently. Whatever it is to you, make sure that you are respecting your body like it is an athletic body and treating it as such. Number four, nutrition and fuel is very important for everyone. What you eat is so important to your health, whether or not you run. So you want to make sure you are eating well, you are eating enough, and you are eating healthy. And like I mentioned with the first one, eating within 30 minutes of a hard workout, this isn't just for running, but a hard workout is ideal. So you try to shoot for that. And that might be challenging. You need to work it into the plan. You need to make time for it. If you just have enough time to run and you get home and you take a shower and you rush off to work or church or school or wherever, you have left a lot of these elements of training to just fall to the side and your body is going to let you know that's not cool eventually. So make sure that you make those things a priority. Consider investments in certain things. You might need to invest in, like I mentioned, the foam roller or a sports massage or some other gear that really helps you or supplements, or I don't even know, good shoes. That's really important to stay healthy. You want to make sure that you are to stay healthy and uninjured, really. Fancy protein powders, whatever it is, it's (laughs) running is cheaper than therapy in theory, but consider all the investments that you need to make. And actually, vitamins and supplements. This is the next one. Taking vitamins and supplements might be another investment. And this was actually the first thing that popped into my head because when I think of healthy, I think specifically of you being sick versus well. And I think whenever I feel like I'm about to get sick, I take a ton of vitamin C and I get extra sleep. And even if that means I have to kind of knock myself out with some melatonin or sleepy time tea, anything like that. I will do it. And I think it's important too. So I try to fight it off with something like that. 
And finally, how to stay healthy. Listen to your body. This goes back to if you listen to when it whispers, you won't have to hear it scream. Listen to your body. Respect what it is telling you. And that might mean that you might need to take a random nap sometimes or you need to hire someone to mow the lawn because for whatever reason, it tweaks your ankle, you know, in a certain way when you're doing that and you notice that if running a marathon in a healthy way or you feel like it's being really hard on your body, you might have to opt out of other activities that you used to do. Listen to your body and um, you just prioritize anything. It's like you can have anything, but you can't have everything. And if there are activities, pastimes, fueling, you need to rearrange your resources monetarily to let certain things fit in. All of these work together to help get you to the finish line. So I hope that was helpful. That list is going to be in the show notes as well. So you can check that out. Question number four, how do you hold your running pose? I've tried to do that for my victory photo and about fell over. It's a lot harder than it looks. Oh my gosh, this is funny. I'm going to put a picture of this in the show notes um, because, and if you don't know, I do this running pose where I'm just on one foot and I have one leg kind of kicked up behind me and my arms are like I'm running. It's a very stereotypical kind of cartoon like I'm about to run kind of pose. But since it's on one foot, this is why they're asking. I love it when people DM me or message me or email me a picture of them doing the run, eat, repeat pose. This is my favorite thing. If you post yourself on Instagram saying I'm doing the run, eat, repeat and tag me in it, it makes my entire day. It just makes me so happy because I think I've been doing this for years and I'm sure the first time it was like a joke, just like I oh, I also do this thing when I go out, like out, out, I pretend to sleep in different places. And it started kind of as a joke one time in a club in Vegas where I pretended we had a, we were sitting, one of my friends was standing up and I was like, oh, and I pretended to be sleeping on my friend's lap. And I thought that was hysterical. So I do it in random places now. Anyways, the running repeat pose is... Yes. Oh, on one foot, arms up. And yeah, someone's asking how to do it. This makes me very happy for a couple of reasons. One, I'm random. Two, I actually have an amazing secret for this. And it makes me really excited to share because I don't think I've ever shared this before. Okay. The secret to the runny repeat pose or really any pose where you are just on one foot is to imagine you are being sucked up a straw. Oftentimes, when we are trying to balance and you start falling one way or the other, you compensate by pulling yourself in the opposite direction, right? Wrong. You're not supposed to do that. When you start to feel, and this works for anything because this works for you know tree pose and yoga, anytime you're on one foot, you feel yourself teetering to one side or the other, or maybe you are on a balance beam. Simone Biles, who I met thanks to the blog, God bless it, um, before the last Olympics. Now I'm like super on a tangent. Anyways, I thought I would, maybe she could chime in with some more tips, but this is my little contribution. Whenever you feel like you are faltering one way or the other, you want to imagine that you are being sucked up a straw and you are pulling everything up, straight up. So you're not going to try and compensate by pulling your weight to the other side. You are always going to pull straight up. And that is, you know, it depends on what pose you're doing. This isn't universal, but in terms of the balance aspect of it, you kind of want to keep everything. You kind of take a deep breath, 
clench anything that needs to be clenched. And that could be, you know, your quad or your butt cheek or your abs, whatever it is, you want to suck it all in and straight up and, you know, kind of pull your head up like something is right on the center top of your head, pulling it straight up. And this is what you want to do for balance poses. And that's my little tip that I learned from cheerleading in high school when we were doing stunts. People would do like a liberty where someone's holding them, their feet, um, and they're on just one foot or their leg is out. And they would tell us, you know, be sucked up a straw. Mind you, I was like super on the bottom. I was amazing. And I used to be able to do pretty awesome stunts because I was very strong and my friends were very tiny. Made a good team. Anyways, let's move on. Okay, question number five is, I just started back running after losing 50 pounds and injured my foot. How do you stay motivated while injured? This is such a good question. I've been there. I hurt my IT band after my second marathon and got an MRI and was told you cannot run. I think it was like for six to eight weeks. It was something in there. And I was devastated. And it definitely didn't help that I was kind of at a rough place in life and that I was at the time living in Maryland and it was winter and I was working from home. All of these things were very defeating because I am a California girl and I am not good in cold weather. And it just already gave me extra things to kind of be frustrated by and running was my one release to be like, oh, I can still get out and I can run and it gives me some endorphins so then I can go back inside and, you know, put on all the clothes that I own and try not to be sad that I can't take a walk. I don't know. But it was really hard. So I get it. I get that being injured really sucks, which is why injury prevention is so important and you need to prioritize the rest of recovery like I had mentioned before. I actually have an amazing interview coming up with um, about injuries and injury prevention and um, recovery and all of that. So stay tuned for that. I'm so excited about it. It was an awesome, awesome interview. But how do you stay motivated while injured is this question. And I say, focus on what you can do. If you were just thinking, I love running and I can't run, what am I supposed to do since I can't run and I'm not going to be able to run for eight weeks? You're just thinking about what you can't do. Nope. Scrap that. The reality is, it is what it is. You cannot run for eight weeks right now. Are you going to spend the next eight weeks thinking about how you can't run or use these next eight weeks to, you know what, use the time you used to run to do something else? I say focus on what you can do. And I actually made a list of 22 things that you can do. And definitely if you want, if you have more ideas beyond this, chime in in the comments, give us some more ideas because I know it's really frustrating. This is very common when someone tells me I'm super injured and I'm really frustrated or I was injured for a really long time. And, you know, now I can barely go around the block or my doctor's only letting me do X, Y, Z. It happens. And it is good then to think of it in a different way and not think of it as I can't run right now. And that's all you think about. But you know what? I want to run for the next five years of my life, next 10 years of my life. And this is going to be a small piece of that for the next eight weeks out of the next five or 10 or whatever it is. There is this little short chapter of my running book where I didn't run. And I used that time that I used to run to do something else. Focus on what you can do. And if you're anything like me, 
your local mannequin who is the worst with being organized and I don't know. There's just like a lot of things that I know I should do that I don't do or that would alleviate stress. And I'm like, oh, do those things. Make a list of all the things that you say. Ah, I should do that. Ah, I should go there. Ah, I should call that person. Make a list of all of those things and actually start doing them. So like I said, I made a list. What can you do? You make your own list. But here are some suggestions. Take up non-impact exercise if it's approved by your doctor. Um, focus on nutrition. Get better about meal prep, improve your diet, take a nutrition class, learn something new along those lines, um, spend quality time with your favorite people. I know I need to do more of that because we're all busy. And if you can work around their schedule or spend that time on any level with those people that you wish you spent more time with, do that. Um, volunteer, phone a friend. So call your friend and talk to them or catch up with someone, you know, an old coworker that you just, you thought of last week, give them a call or a text. Send your family and friends a card or letter in the mail. How weird would that be? If you took the time, I I say weird because I feel like if I wrote a random card to like my friend, she would love it, my one friend, but maybe someone else would be like, what are you doing? What's going on? You have too much time on your hands. Um, but I think that would be really sweet if you did one every day or a couple of week, right? Wrote, wrote a letter. Go through and organize old photos, which I think would be super fun. Maybe scan pictures of your parents or grandparents so that they could be digitally saved. That's something that I need to do or go through old papers. I have a massive pile of papers I need to go through. Go to a museum. Um, research the best sushi or other food, insert your favorite food here in your city so that the next time someone comes, is visiting you and they're like, oh, what should we eat? And you're like, oh, I don't know. You know what, like this place is known as the number one place in XYZ. Um, Be a tourist in your town. Visit something different each week. Take a paint and wine class. I know I need to drink when I'm not running. Anyways, okay, so that was about 11. There are a lot more. Check the show notes for the rest because I don't want to have to go through this whole deal. Um, And if you have a question for me, definitely let me know. You can email me at runerepeat at gmail.com or leave a voicemail with your question on the RER voicemail line that I do not have the phone number in front of me. And I feel like if I just said numbers right now, I would make it up. And then some random person would get a bunch of questions about running. And it would be super epic if they were a runner as well, or on some level, we made a new friend who took up running thanks to this. I'm not going to risk it. So check out the show notes for the phone number if you wanted to do that um, to leave a voicemail or like I said, email me or you can always chime in if you have extra little thoughts on how you learn how to push yourself or why you're on social media or any of the other questions that we addressed. And I hope this was helpful and I hope you have a super awesome day and have a great run. Thank you for listening to the Run, Eat, Repeat podcast. For more information, check out runeatrepeat.com.